Welcome to our Good Friday experience. My name is John Raymond, and I'll be your host for today's episode. We are so glad you've decided to join us across the seven churches in the Grace family. But not only are we joining across the family of churches, we're joining men and women, young and old, all across the globe right now, from different continents and cultures, different time zones and languages. We are joining to wonder and to worship at one of the most sacred mysteries of our faith the cross of Jesus. This is Good Friday and the cross of Jesus, even in the midst of a pandemic, when there's so much isolation and uncertainty, it still has this insane gravitational pull. It has been the meeting ground for men and women throughout the centuries, through all kinds of famine and war, through epidemics and through all kinds of tragedy. The cross of Jesus has this power to it to gather people to its sacred ground for the same purpose. And that is what we're stepping into today across the Grace family of churches across the globe. And so we're so delighted that you've decided to join us for this global shared experience. What we're going to do is quite simple. It's something the church has been doing for a very, very long time. It's very old. It's called the Stations of the Cross. There are 14 different Stations of the Cross, each representing the different moments in Jesus' passion, in the story where he is condemned, where he bears the cross, and where he walks that long walk all the way to Calvary. We want to get into the story again. We want to hear it afresh. We want to feel it anew. Some of you have heard it for many years, for decades, but we want this to be a listening and prayerful and meditative experience so that you might have the doors of your heart and of your mind open again to what God has done for us at the cross in Jesus. And so we actually want to encourage you to maybe put on the headphones and to head outside and to take a walk and walk through these different stations and moments of the cross. Consider it a pilgrimage for you to do for the next 20 to 30 minutes. Head outside, maybe in the yard or on the sidewalk or maybe in a park. But take this walk and this pilgrimage as we walk through the story of Jesus' passion. We're going to take the story in two parts. There will be the first part, and then we'll take a break, and I'll walk us through some guided prayer and meditation, and then we'll take the second part of the story. And what's so awesome about this is you're going to hear from different men and women across the seven grace churches. First, you'll hear from Noel Equa and Myrna Brown from our Grace New Hope. Next, you'll hear from Douglas Tappan from Grace Marietta. Then you'll hear from myself representing Grace Athens. And lastly, in this first part, you'll hear from Bethany Wilkinson and Justin Fry representing Grace Midtown. Let's now get into the story again. Let's take the walk and the journey of the cross. first station of the cross where Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane reading from Matthew chapter 26 verses 36 to 41 then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and he said to his disciples sit here 
while I go over there and pray. He took along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to feel sorrow and distress. Then he said to them, My soul is sorrowful even to death. Remain here and keep watch with me. He advanced a little and fell prostrate in prayer, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. When he returned to his disciples, he found them asleep. He said to Peter, So you could not keep watch with me for one hour. Watch and pray that you may not undergo the test. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Moving now to the second station where Jesus is betrayed by Judas and is arrested. Reading from Mark chapter 14, verses 43 through 46. Then while Jesus was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. Accompanied by a crowd with swords and clubs, who had come from the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. His betrayer had arranged a signal with them, saying, The man I shall kiss is the one. Arrest him and lead him away securely. He came and immediately went over to him and said, Rabbi, and he kissed him. At this, they laid hands on him and arrested him. station of the cross, where Jesus was condemned by the Sanhedrin. When day came, the council of elders of the people met, both chief priests and scribes, and they brought him before their Sanhedrin. They said, If you are the Messiah, tell us. But he replied to them, If I tell you, you will not believe, and if I question, you will not respond. But from this time on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. They all asked, Are you then the Son of God? He replied to them, You say that I am. Then they said, What further need have we for testimony? We have heard it from his own mouth. The reading is from Luke chapter 22, verses 66 to 71. Moving then to the fourth station of the cross, where Peter denies knowing Jesus, reading from Matthew chapter 26, verses 69 to 75. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. One of the maids came over to him and said, You two are with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it in front of everyone, saying, I do not know what you are talking about. 
As he went out to the gate, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, This man was with Jesus the Nazarene. Again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. A little later, the bystanders came over and said to Peter, Surely you two are one of them. Even your speech gives you away. At that, he began to curse and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately a cock crowed. Then Peter remembered the word that Jesus had spoken. Before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and began to weep bitterly. We now arrive at the fifth station of the cross, where Jesus is judged by Pilate. This reading comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 15. The chief priests with the elders and the scribes, that is the whole Sanhedrin, held a council. They bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Pilate then questioned him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said to him in reply, You say so. The chief priest accused him of many things. Again, Pilate questioned him. Have you no answer? See how many things they accuse you of? Jesus gave him no further answer, so that Pilate was amazed. Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released Barabbas and handed Jesus over to be crucified. The sixth station of the cross, where Jesus is scourged and crowned with thorns. This reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 19. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him scourged, and the soldiers wove a crown out of thorns and placed it on his head and clothed him in a purple cloak. And they came to him and said, Hail, King of the Jews! And they struck him repeatedly. Now we approach the seventh station of Jesus' cross, where Jesus bears the cross. When the chief priests and the guards saw Jesus, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no guilt in him. They cried out, Take him away! Take him away! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then he handed him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus, and carrying the cross himself, he went out to what is called the place of the skull, in Hebrew, Golgotha. At the eighth station, Jesus is helped by Simon the Cyrene to carry the cross. Here we see Jesus betrayed, beaten, bloodied, and worn out, receiving help from a stranger to carry a burden that is more than any one person can bear. Mark 15, 21. They pressed into service a passerby, Simon a Cyrene, who was coming in from the country 
the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. Now we take a pause in our story and in the Stations of the Cross to let the story move upon our minds and our hearts, to really let it sink in, to allow the Spirit to speak to us and touch us afresh. The vehicle we're going to use to do this is an ancient practice of the church called biblical imagination. It's where you imagine yourself in the biblical scene as a character, as an onlooker, an observer, one who experiences it from a first take perspective where you get inside the text and the story and begin to see and think and feel right there from within the scene. I want you to imagine yourself as a person who has come in contact with Jesus, who maybe has even believed in his claims that he is the Son of God, the Messiah of Israel. And maybe even you have experienced Jesus to have brought healing to a family member or to a close friend. You've been touched by this man and his ministry. And so I want to guide you through this now. Begin to imagine yourself at the trial at the Sanhedrin where the council is questioning Jesus. You are in the back on looking and seeing the scene and you can't believe your eyes that they would question such a just and holy man, that they would even strike him and accuse him and spit in his face. What do you see? What do you feel? What are you thinking right now as you witness this injustice? What do you want to yell out and say? What do you want to do as you watch what happens? Fast forward in the story and you find yourself at the headquarters of Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor, and you see that the moment has become more and more tense. The crowd has become more of a mob and they are yelling out, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And you are standing there and you feel helpless as though you can do nothing because you know this man should not be charged with such crimes. In fact, you wonder to yourself if he's more than a man, but the son of God as you watch on in great intensity with all kinds of tension and the cries of murder what is it that you see what is it that you feel what is it that you want to say and do and lastly you find yourself on the road to Calvary with the men and women who are weeping and wailing, watching Jesus who has been scourged, whipped, beaten, with a crown of thorns, bloodied, carrying this cross. As you look on, what do you see? What do you feel? What do you want to do? Take the next few moments to let your mind and your heart go there. Amen. We're going to continue with our story and the Stations of the Cross. Next, you will hear from Holly Avera from our Grace Capital City, followed by David Walker 
from Grace Snellville, and lastly from Stephanie Kiker at Grace Monroe. Let's enter back into the story and passion of Jesus. The Ninth Station of the Cross, where Jesus meets the women of Jerusalem. Reading from Luke chapter 23, verses 27 through 31. A large crowd of people followed Jesus, including many women who mourned and lamented him. Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep instead for yourselves and for your children. For indeed, the days are coming when people will say, Blessed are the barren, the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. At that time, people will say to the mountains, Fall upon us, and to the hills, cover us. For if these are done when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? And now we come to the tenth station of the cross where Jesus is crucified. Reading from Luke chapter 23, verses 33 and 34. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him and the criminals there, one on his right, the other on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. The eleventh station of the cross. Jesus promises his kingdom to the good thief. Now, one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. The other, however, rebuking him, said in reply, Have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnation. And indeed, we have been condemned justly, for the sentence we received corresponds to our crimes. But this man has done nothing criminal. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied to him, Amen. I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Luke chapter 23, 39 through 43. The 12th station of the cross. Jesus speaks to his mother and the disciple. Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister. Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary of Magdala. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple there whom he loved, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his home. John chapter 19, 25 through 27. The Thirteenth Station 
where Jesus dies on the cross. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon because of an eclipse of the sun. Then the veil of the temple was torn down the middle. Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. Luke 23, 44 through 46. The 14th station, where Jesus is placed in the tomb. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was himself a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be handed over. Taking the body, Joseph wrapped it in clean linen and laid it in his new tomb that he had hewn in the rock. Then he rolled a huge stone across the entrance to the tomb and departed. Matthew 27, 57 through 60. We've now completed our Stations of the Cross and come to the end of Jesus' Passion. And we're so glad that you've decided to take this pilgrimage with us. We want to end all in the same way with a guided meditation. This is an ancient prayer practice that the church has been doing all the way back since the third century with the Christian desert fathers and desert mothers. You've maybe heard of it. It's called the Jesus Prayer. And what it is, is it's a meditation on this biblical reality and belief. It's this biblical reality we meditate on that's the combination of three different verses from Philippians 2, Luke 1, and Luke 18. They've combined these three verses to say this most powerful thing for us to meditate on, for us to repeat over and over, to let it work on our minds and hearts. It's really this kind of this guided escort into the presence and reality of Jesus. It allows you to sink in deeper to his presence and to his voice. The biblical phrase or reality that you will meditate on and repeat over and over internally is this. It has two parts and it goes with the breath. You see, the breath is the gift of God. We inhale God's life and we exhale gratefulness. And so on the inhale, you say internally to yourself, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. So right there, you're just entering into the reality of Jesus as the cosmic Christ, the King of all, the Lord. And so on the inhale, it's Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. And then you exhale, you you give gratitude, you give praise back to God. And on the exhale, you internally say, have mercy on me, a son, or have mercy on me, a daughter. And so on the inhale, as you inhale, internally you say, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. And on the exhale, you internally say, have mercy on me, a son, or have mercy on me, a daughter. So begin to practice this right now. We want you to do it right where you are. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a son or a daughter. Begin to do this, the Jesus prayer, and enter into the reality and the presence of Lord Jesus Christ.
Lord Jesus, together across the family of churches and across the globe, we enter your presence and we enter with such gratefulness and such worship and such honor. We exalt you together right now. We give you all of the affection and all of the praise that you're due. We stop, we pause, we wonder, we worship at the fact that you are God become a human and you took on our human experience and you took it to the cross and you put death and sin in the grave and you rose to offer a whole new possibility and you breathed your spirit upon all mankind. We enter your presence. You are Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. And we just say together, have mercy on us, sons and daughters. And we see that mercy. We see it in living color. Not a theory, not a philosophy, not even a belief. But in living historical reality right there at the cross. Lord, we love you. And we follow you. And we hope that uh, you feel great honor and affection today from this Grace family of churches. We pray in your name. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this pilgrimage on Good Friday. I hope it has done something sweet, sweet for you and your soul. And let this just be the beginning. Continue to take that walk with Jesus. And let the Spirit of God continue to speak to you. We sit here in Good Friday in a horrific tragedy and yet an incredibly redemptive moment. And together we hope and we wait for Resurrection Sunday. Till then, peace be with you. Thank you.